So Money, episode 34, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey everyone, welcome back to another segment of Ask Farnoosh here on the So Money Podcast. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I know, it's not really the best of holidays, and if you know me, I'm not a huge fan of St. Valentine's Day. I think mostly because my birthday is the next day, so uh, that holiday usually gets overshadowed, or in years past, it was really not much of a holiday, (laughs) depending on whether I was single or dating. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying your Saturday, no matter where you are in your life, what's going on in your relationship. I hope that you're enjoying yourself. And if you're tuning in right now and hearing this, then you are bettering yourself. You're uh, dedicated to getting uh, ahead in your financial life. And I'm happy to say many of you have sent in some fantastic questions. Once again, thank you so much for going to So Money Podcast and clicking on Ask Farnoosh. And we've got questions and we've got some comments. I'm looking here at my emails and I see we have things ranging from student loans. I've got a new grad seeking job opportunities and not knowing kind of where to go. Let's start there. Keon, he asks, I'm a relatively new college grad on the market for my second job out of college. Assuming salaries are similar, what's your so money recommendation on selecting which company to work for? It seems like most startups I've interviewed with provide steep learning curves, but large firms provide name recognition helpful for future employment opportunities. Thank you and fantastic work on the podcast and keeping it so relevant to millennials like myself. You rock, Farnoosh. Well, thanks, Keon. You rock. And this is a fantastic question. I think that it is common uh, that you're in your 20s and you might be on your first job, second job, third job. A lot of millennials do bounce around faster these days than, say, our parents' generation where we kind of stuck to one job and waited until retirement and got their watch. These days, it's more common to experiment with other jobs uh, quicker. So he's asking, how do I find the best place to work? He's trying to decide between a startup that offers maybe a lot of hands-on experience and innovation versus a bigger company that has a brand name. This is a really hard question to answer. And I've worked for both types of companies. I would say At the end of the day, you want to work where you're going to have the best experience, the most learning, perhaps the steepest learning curve. And understand that in this, I think, work culture that we are in today, yes, working for a Fortune 500 company is very very impressive, but in the interview, you know, once you're beyond kind of talking about where you worked, the interviewer is going to ask, what did you do on the job? What was the takeaway? What did you learn? And remember that. That's really what's going to sell you at the end of the day. I think having a brand name on your resume is nice in terms of maybe getting you in the door or making an interviewer impressed, but it's just a preliminary impression. And ultimately, you have to sell yourself during the interview based on your skill set, the responsibilities that you've held. So I would say before accepting a job, ask the HR rep or ask the recruiter, ask the employer, 
what am I going to be doing here? You know, where do you see someone like me being at your company in two years, given that I'm very ambitious, I'm very hardworking, I'm excited to be here. What's the upward mobility for someone like me? And, uh, you know, what sort of responsibilities will I have? And are you open to me uh, being innovative, you know, being perhaps entrepreneurial on the job and bringing up ideas? And, and do you encourage employees to do that? That, I think, is a better environment, especially for someone in their 20s, where it's all about developing your skill set, developing your knowledge base. And uh, so that's what I would do. And, you know, even if you and the truth is you may get all of that at a brand name company. So I'm not here to say that only startups can give you that kind of upward mobility or hands on responsibility. That may be apparent. That might be very likely at a bigger company. So ask these questions, do your homework, do your due diligence, talk to other employees, perhaps who are in your demographic, ask how they like working there. So good question and good luck to you, Kian, and keep us posted. Robert asks, enjoyed listening to the Q&A last week. It's my first. Well, I hope it's not your last, Robert. I'm writing only to disagree with a gentleman who was critical of the personal stories, the side chats, and the tangents with guests. To me, it makes the show more interesting and allows me to learn how successful people achieve their success. Keep up the good work. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Robert. And, uh... I feel the same way. I, he's referring to a question or a comment, rather, last week from a relatively unhappy listener who was who was uh, not so excited to hear on the podcast day in and day out about people's personal experiences with money. He wanted more kind of actionable advice, th- you know, for the entire thirty minutes. And I think the show does a really swell job of folding in actionable advice along with giving a lot of personal anecdotes. And I think that is what's missing from our culture of talking about money. I think if you want to learn how to save on gas, if you want to learn how to pay down your credit card, there are a lot of resources for you out there. This is not necessarily the top resource for that. And I'm okay with it. That's a decision that I made because I wanted to elevate the conversation that we're having in our culture about money and to get people comfortable sharing their stories because I think we can learn a lot from each other. So thanks, Robert. I really appreciate that. And I do hope you stick with the podcast. Emilienne, love that name, writes in and says, just a quick comment. After listening to the Seth Godin episode, he quoted a president saying, the French have no word for entrepreneur because they are so bureaucratic. Funny, since entrepreneur is a French word, oops, originates from a 13th century French verb, entreprendre, entreprendre meaning to do something or to undertake. Well, thank you, Emilienne, for clarifying that. Um, and I'm kind of embarrassed because I did study French in high school and college, so I guess I should have known that. But uh, I guess I was just having such a great time listening to Seth that I, I completely didn't you know, th- think of that. And uh, I'm sure he appreciates the correction. Thanks for writing in. And I hope to uh, hear from you again. Let us know the next time we uh, <laughs> misspeak. Um, I like our listeners keeping us accountable. Thank you. City writes in and says, hey, Farnoosh, love the podcast. Thanks, City. As a new mom, my son was born in July. I don't get a lot of me time. Oh, I hear you, City. My son is just about the same age as yours. I also miss being able to attend seminars and talks like I did before I had my son, but your podcast has helped me fill that void. Love your guest and topics here. Keep up the great work. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you very much. So here's the question. My husband and I have no credit card debt 
we max out our 401 contributions annually, but we do have a mortgage, a car loan, and student loans, all with interest rates less than 3%. Holy crap, you have a mortgage with less than 3%? I'd like to refinance to that if you could help me out. We have some money sitting in our savings account right now. Some money, she says. Is it better to pay off our student loan and car loan in full or continue with our monthly payments and take the extra reserves and invest it in the stock market or a 529 plan for long-term investment? Cydia, that's a really fantastic question. And I think that given that your loans have all very low interest rates and it sounds like you could do better with savings. I would say focus on savings with that extra money. Uh, you know, Unless your car loan and your student loans are keeping you up at night, sweating, unable to sleep, you know, the, just the thought of having uh, debt makes you a crazy person. And I'm saying some people that, that happens, then you know, put some money, put some of that overage towards the debt, fine. Give yourself some peace of mind. But I think practically speaking, if I were uh, you know, to really give you the practical advice, I would say put the extra money towards long-term savings, long-term investments. I think, you know, now that you have a little boy, getting a college savings plan together now is critical. I think the longer you wait, the harder it will be to save money. As we know, college costs just keep on increasing. And a little weird fact about me, um, fun fact for you, I, and my husband and I, started a 529 plan for our son before he was born. I was pregnant, we were meeting with our financial advisor, and I was like, let's just do this now because um, why not? You know, we had the money and I wanted to get a real head start because uh, for me and our family, and in my husband's family, you know, college education is important. I do hope that our kids do go to college and that if we can at least provide them with the tuition, uh, it's a legacy that I'd like to maintain. I'm not going to say I'm going to pay for all their, you know, needs and wants in college, but uh, at least tuition I'd like to cover. So that's going to require, you know, an early commitment to saving. So I would say if you have an extra few hundred dollars a month, start a 529 plan. If you are lacking in your retirement accounts, you know, in your, it doesn't sound like that. You're maxing out your 401k. So fantastic. So I think maybe the weak spot is the college savings. Uh, maybe even rainy day savings. So I think with the extra money that you have, divvy it up and put it towards those efforts. Thanks, Sidi, and good luck with the baby. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Love the feedback. Appreciate it. Tom writes in, he says, Farnoosh, congrats on all the success with the podcast. Your show has inspired me to learn more about personal finance. I've considered auditing a class, a personal finance course offered by my local community college. Do you think this would be a good way to learn more? If not, then what would you recommend? I have an MBA, but I never studied personal finance. Well, Tom, yeah, absolutely. I think that if there is a class nearby that's convenient for you to attend and it's not very expensive, absolutely. I think not only will you learn a ton, but you might meet other people who are like-minded. You know, you'll have your community. You'll have these people who... Um, may become friends and might become accountability partners. And that's really, I think, one um, tangential benefit to going to a course like this is that you're going to find people who are equally as motivated to improve their financial lives. And what way, uh, what better way to keep accountable than to have like this community and to share your goals with them and to talk things through and to have this, perhaps this teacher who can be a mentor to you down the road after you finish the course. I would also recommend 
if you're at a place in your sort of financial life where you want to kind of get your ducks in a row, you're earning, you're maybe you have a family, um, you know, working with a financial advisor, I think uh, couldn't hurt either. And that might be another way to not only get educated about certain things, but to work with somebody who can make you that can help you make smarter decisions with your money. I would also recommend reading as much as you can. You know, listening to this podcast can help. Uh, if you want more practical, kind of, you know, strategic advice that's sort of tip-oriented and kind of more 101, I would say money.com is a great resource where you got, of course, articles, but they have a big database of just kind of basics, whether you're trying to learn about retirement or 401k or college savings, or the stock market, they have a lot of rudimentary material that I think would be would be good for you and anyone really on the podcast that's interested in getting kind of a baseline understanding of personal finance. And uh, and that's that's I think that's enough of a good start. Let me know how the class goes. I think that thanks for bringing that up because I think that for a lot of us we forget that there are these resources, sometimes even free to help us with our money. Like your public library might even be able to help you with your taxes. Your public library might have financial literacy evenings where they have discussions around certain topics. So tapping into your community and whether it's the local college, the local library, uh, the local schools, see what's on their calendar for kind of adult continuing education. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. And I said a lot of these programs are very low cost, sometimes free to the public. So take advantage of them. Okay, next question. And I think this might be our last for today. Kyle says, I've worked for three companies and I have 401ks at all three companies. What should I do with the two 401ks that are with previous employers? I have a Roth IRA with T. Rowe Price. Should I convert them over to this account? Well, yeah, Kyle, first of all, a Roth conversion, which is what you're asking about doing potentially, uh, has its upsides. I think um, if you expect your future tax rate to be higher than your current rate, which I think for a lot of us is true, uh, and if your earnings are high enough to prevent you from contributing directly to a Roth IRA, um, you can use a Roth conversion as a backdoor entry into future tax income uh, in the golden years, in retirement. So if this is something that you're, if you like your Roth IRA with Tiro Price, you like the variety of investments offered to you, then this may be a good option. But I would also say that, you know, you've got two 401ks uh, that are kind of waiting to be converted. Whether you do that with, whether you convert to the Roth IRA or you transfer them into your existing 401k, I would want to know, again, what are the investments at the Roth IRA provides? Are, is it, are they attractive? Are they low fee? Are they diverse? And then I would compare that to what the 401k your existing employer offers. And sometimes it might be very similar. But remember with the 401k, you get a different kind of tax advantage. You get to lower your taxable income today. And then you pay the taxes when you withdraw the money in retirement. So maybe you want to do a hybrid approach. You know, continue to have the Roth IRA, maybe transfer some, maybe transfer one of those 401ks into the Roth and the other 401k balance into the new 401k balance. So you're doing a little bit of both. Um, And uh, maybe, you know, whatever you can do to sort of even out the balances might be a smart way to do it. But, you know, I don't think you're going to go wrong with either move. I do like the Roth IRA a lot, though, because, again, with that tax benefit, it's 
and the fact that maybe you um, normally wouldn't be able to qualify for the Roth at this point in your career. You know, it's your third job. Maybe you're making too much money. But you can do a Roth conversion. Anyone can do a Roth conversion regardless of income. You don't phase out. So maybe you want to take advantage of this. And you know what? Tax rules change all the time. Who knows if in like three years you can't do this. Maybe take advantage of the current opportunity at hand. So great question, very sophisticated question. These are the questions I like, folks. I like, I like where you're thinking. I like, like people who are thinking ahead and thinking about strategy and thinking about making the most of the dollars, of the hard-earned dollars that we have. So right on, Kyle. Great question. And that's a wrap for today. We've got lots more to answer tomorrow, which is my birthday. So wish me happy birthday tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, I look forward to spending that day with you all again. And again, thank you for your questions. To, to submit, just hop on to somoneypodcast.com and click on Ask for a News. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a question. It can be a comment, good, bad. And something I haven't asked you on the podcast ever, but I'm going to start because I feel like you know people have been coming up to me and saying, we love the show, we love the show. What's one thing that we can do for you to, to help you, to support you? I'm so flattered when people ask that. And I, I thought about it. I thought, you know, honestly, the most transformative thing you can do uh, that might take a little bit of your time, but it would be uh, so, so appreciated is to go on iTunes and leave a quick review of the podcast. And if you liked the show, if you like what you're hearing, please leave a favorable review. And I'm telling you, this is the number one way to avoid falling into obscurity on iTunes. This is the number one way for iTunes to recognize the show, give it prominent placement in the store, and allow the show to continue to get organic followers. And I, I really hope that you know if you get a chance to do that, it would mean the world to me. And let me know when you do. Email me, farnoosh, at somoneypodcast.com, and I want to send you a thank you for doing that. Thanks, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope your day is so money. 